This is Nerd's Eye View. It's episode 253 for the 15th of December. I can feel the Star Wars, Andrew. Are, are you okay? I can feel it. Are they hurting you? It's calling out to me. Oh, okay. Are you getting a little hologram transmission? Yeah. yeah. And uh, really... asking you to look, take on a special mission? I'm the only hope. Well, you, the way that you're wearing your headphones right now, uh-huh. you could be. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but we're joined by a special guest by the Engage. name of Tom. <laughs> Am I doing that right? Yeah, I think so. I think you are. There was a new trailer for Star, Star Trek Beyond. Star Trek yes. Beyond. Yeah. yeah. That, Beyond the they're trying of the Dolls. To, are they chomping on uh, Star Wars tail? I think they're putting it in right before the movie comes out. Like, hey, it's crazy. You know what? What do you know? I'm good with it. Hey, this is a show that talks about movies. Go yeah. figure. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're, and we're talking about them, but we're not <laughs> reviewing Star Wars. And not I'm right Tom, now. Tom, in case you didn't know. I said your name. <laughs> but <laughs> we, should, we all need to say it now. Tom. That's Tom. 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 Uh, we're reviewing Spotlight. Yeah. Yep. Later. Mm-hmm. After we talk about the top 10. After we talk about new releases on DVD, Blu-ray, and TBD. And then after the review... We're going to have our guest the ending. And then at the very end of the show, we're going to have a discussion where it's going to be all spoilers all the time. Before that, though, our normal review is going to be baseline. You can listen to that if you haven't seen the film. Get an idea if you want to go into theater and watch it. Um, but before we do that, let's get into the top ten. All right. Count me down. I want to go to number ten. Brooklyn! Because I might be in number nine. Spotlight. Which is avoiding number eight. The mental movie. Because I am a number seven. Spectre. And I visited you, number six. The night before. Because you were naughty, so I had to call number five. Krampus. Who follows a very strict number four. Creed. And you can avoid seeing any of that if you were number three. The good dinosaur. But not if you fell, number two. In the heart of the sea of the sea. And you would probably get there if you participated, number one. All right, so long, Tile. Stick with me here. The Hunger Games. Mockingjay, part two. That is a long title. Yes, it is. Yep, there's like a colon and a dash. Yeah. They're using all the yeah. Has stuff. there been a title that uses a semicolon? That would scare me, I, I think. think. I, I would think actually be scared. Yeah. Was that... No, Birdman used a quotation mark. Never mind. Thought they did. I Not think, a colon, but a semicolon. I think no one's been uh, dumb enough. Not since the seventies, right? Yeah, no one's <laughs> been uh, brave enough. Brave, brave wasn't even brave enough. No. So uh, these numbers are the lowest I have seen them. What's a Hunger Game? I'm, no, I'm just kidding. It's a movie <laughs> yep. where it's people are hungry. Now. Yeah, it's done. Why are these numbers low? Am I confused? Because. Two reasons. One, it's cold outside. <laughs> Two, everyone is out doing their last minute Christmas shopping. Oh, and sure. they don't have money to go to the theater. Sure. And they're saving up. And they're saving if they, up. If they are. Because they either plan on going to see uh, Star Wars and buying the tickets then, or they already bought them before. Mm-hmm. So you yeah. couch that in between the fact that everyone's spending their money on Christmas presents, and they are definitely all seeing a movie next week. Yeah. And, and the, right? the top four uh, on this <laughs> hey, list, that movie. Yeah. on the box office top ten this week, all made uh, just a little over ten. Right. A little over ten million. Barely. Each. Yeah. Uh, so that makes for a very, very low, very low number going on here. Yeah. 
This is the lowest I've seen in a long time. And yeah, and in the heart of the sea, which was the new release, the big new release, uh, just barely got over ten million. Barely eleven. Lost out to Hunger Games, which has been out for for four, four weeks. weeks. I mean, it's been in the number one spot for a while, but yeah, still, yeah. still. Wow. Can we go for five? Uh, it's possible. Not, no, not yeah. next week. I know. Please, There's like nothing the, coming out. Like if there was a if. <laughs> I don't even know how that would work. Like, if Star Wars could take multiple numbers, it would take, what, 9 out of 10? If they somehow? broke it down by, like, 3D yeah. and... See, IMAX, I'm, 3D IMAX. I regular. really want to see it in 70 millimeter IMAX. Mm. I really want to see it at one of those theaters. Mm-hmm. I'm, it's probably playing at the Orange. The, yeah. block, the, yeah. blo- the former block at Orange. But is it 70 millimeter there? If it's an IMAX, then yes. Oh, I want to go. I believe the, the former block at Orange will be playing in 70 millimeters the Hateful Eight. Oh. <sighs> Man. I believe I read that. So I still excited. I still have no word on the Cinerama Dome. All right. I haven't looked into that. <laughs> well, got to figure that out. But anyway. that is that is not what we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, these are Tom. What have you seen in this top ten list? Um. Okay. Let me look at this real quick. I've seen Spotlight. Well. And uh, Hunger Games. <laughs> you haven't even seen like Creed or Spectre. Uh. Why would I see Spectre? But no, I have not seen Creed. Wow. I've seen. Brooklyn, Spotlight, Spectre, The Night Before, Creed, The Good Dinosaur, and Hunger Games. I would mm. really want to see Brooklyn, but that's me. Um, uh, what? What? You don't even want to see Krampus for our boy Adam Scott? Adam Scott's done a lot of garbage. <laughs> yeah, I, I heard he's not utilized. Um, I can tell you now that uh, you can wait on Brooklyn. Really? Oh, um, that's so cool. But see, that's the, that's the thing. Is Can I do a little bit of a mini-review since it's been out six weeks? A little, quick, a little tiny, real quick, wow. um, really quick. How the movie is made is beautiful. Yeah, gorgeous film, beautiful music, everything. Uh, she's she does a fantastic job. The film is all her; like she is carrying it. The story is a cliched mess. Oh, it is like the simplest thing. It breaks down to which man am I going to choose? Oh, and I'm really tired of those movies. So, but Cersei Ronan, I know she's good. She's really good. And man, they utilize the hell out of her eyes. Yeah, like cool. anytime they can show her eyes, they show her eyes. Yeah. And it's beautiful. But it just wasn't that good of a movie. Yeah. It was good so. enough for the Golden Globes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's because it's about an immigrant. Yeah. In 1950s. So. Yeah. All right. So that's been an impromptu mini review of Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's move on to those new releases. All right. New release on DVD and Blu ray. We have the Fan Four Stick. Which you apparently uh, talked about before. Yeah, it was part of a uh, group of reviews that right. we did in episode 242. Um, yeah. We did a lot of weird... That was uh, that was some weird stuff in that episode. Yeah, there was... I think we hit the a couple gallows, genres. Right. And then that was Turbo Kid. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what the fourth one was. I'm sure there was four. It was something else. Yeah. There was four. And no opinion on it. It was uh, bad. It was okay. bad. Don't. It, I mean... Don't. It was bad in a way that it doesn't even... Like, not even... Jesus. I heard that. I don't know if But if it has the a Creed in it. No, it, the actors are good actors. It's just a they're, shame that they're given... They're given a horrible script. Uh, Basically, yeah. it, it feels like a movie that came out uh, before, like around the time when the first X-Men movie came out. Well, the crazy uh, thing is, like, even ignoring the, the whole superhero aspects of it, it's just, like, it's not poorly a good plotted. Movie. Yeah. Like, the villain, you don't really get why he's the villain... And the last scene is just pure CGI mess where it's just a bunch of people in a green room staring at stuff and reacting. Like, yeah. it's dumb. And it kind of has, like, the ending sets it up for something that you don't even understand what it is. Yeah, like, why? Yeah. Uh, all right. 
All right. Then Maze Runner, the Scarch Trials. The Scorch. Jordan enjoyed that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm, I like, uh, I can see past <laughs> things. You're like, I admit. Yeah. I I do not claim it's a good movie. I admit to nothing. <laughs> I don't know. I got caught up in Carcetti's accent. Oh, yeah. Do you want to know the scary? Have you seen it? No, I've seen that trailer, though, a million times. Uh, do you want to know a scary thing about that trailer versus the movie? Tell me more. They don't use that cut of the way he says the oh, scorch. Oh, right. You told me that. Yeah, it's terrible. So disappointing. It destroys the movie. And then finally, Mission Impossible, Rogu Nation. I'm so happy this is finally out because I've been trying to rent it for a month. The Ragu Nation. The Ragu. Yeah. But it's no. Rogu. Rogu. We reviewed that in episode 236. And we all liked it. That's a good time. That's a good movie. Should you see it on airplane so it looks like he's on the outside of your airplane? Yeah. That'd be sweet. That'd be nice. That'd be good. All right. On DVD only, Unleashed, a dog dancing story. What the? It's a documentary. About guys who dance with dogs? Yep. I only know that because of King of the Hill. Hmm. I didn't know that was a King of the Hill plot. Yeah. Oh God, look at that cover. Hank was in I know, right? It looks like a magic trick. Yeah. Hank was in a contest with his dog, and that was the whole episode. The quirky and surprising Unleashed a Dog Story, a dancing dog story, a dog dancing story, follows the journey. There's several different ways to say that. Follows the journey of an amateur dog dancing troupe and an aspiring theater director as they attempt to mount. That's a poor choice of words. Well. The first ever dancing and indoor kite flying theatrical performance. Wow. Kite flying? Wow. 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 Yeah. This is something else. Yeah. 83 Minutes just came out. Documentary. If Do you feel so inclined. Do they have any popular dogs in it? Uh, no. Uh, no, they're just dogs. No Fido? No, no Cujo? No, I wish. Okay. Yeah, no. Then on Blu-ray, we have What Have You Done to Solange? Oh, and I can't click this, right? No, because this is our game where both of you are going to try and guess what this film is about. Yay! Uh, So we'll start with Tom. We'll give you some some clues. You'll get a choice. Um, So the film is called What Have You Done to Solange? I will either give you both the year and the genre or uh, so the director of this film was previously a cinematographer on two other more famous films. I will give you those two film names. Either okay. that or both the year and genre. I already have an idea of what it is, so I'm going to go with year and genre. Okay. came out in 1975, and it is oh, a this, horror film. It's not what I think it is then. Nope. Because I <laughs> thought it was about how Beyonce like, ruined Solange Knowles' career. Um, huh. <laughs> you went a different way with that one. Yeah. Um, 1974, you say? 75. 75. Ooh. Um, what have you done to Solange? What have you done to Solange? And tell me. Basically, there's these two outback people. They live in like Kentucky or something. Okay. And then Rural. they get caught up in some local mob trade, and one of them seems Solange, and then suddenly Solange gets all kidnapped, and it's a revenge story about how the other one's like, "Yo, what happened to Solange?" Or whatever the name of the movie is, and then it goes on from there, and it's a big old murder mystery. Oh. All right, Jordan. What have you done to Solange? Oh, so tell me the first two pieces of information. Again, 1975. 1975. It's a horror film. Horror film. And I will also give you the... So the director of this film was previously a cinematographer on the films A Fistful of Dollars and For a Few Dollars More. Oh, God. Yeah, that really informs you, I think. 
So it's a Western. Well, it's a horror. It's a horror. That's the genre. But I'm telling you that the, mm. the cinematographer, or the director of this film, was the cinematographer for those two films. Okay. So think of, think of that in your mm. whole dealio. What have you done to Solange? I'm going to go another way with this. Good. And I'm going to say this is a horror film starring Dracula. Mm. And uh, Solange is the sister of the main character. And uh, the protagonist is trying to find out what happened to uh, her. We're going to we're gonna, uh, a female protagonist, mm-hmm. uh, which is progressive for this time. And uh, she's trying to find out what happened to her sister. And it's, it's very creepy. And we've got some very interesting camera angles. And, you know, I think Dracula would definitely get a, a bump from the way that cinematographer directs this movie. So. Mm. All right. So here it is. What have you done to Solange? From director Massimo Dallamano, cinematographer on both A Fistful of Dollars and For a Few Dollars More, comes Giallo Classic, What Have You Done to Solange, the debut feature of actress Camille Keaton, a sexually sadistic killer's preying on the girls of St. Mary's School. Student Elizabeth witnessed one of the murders, but her hazy recollections of a knife-wielding figure in black do nothing to further the police's investigations. Why is the killer choosing these young women, and what does it have to do with a girl named Solange? Also starring a lot of other people. Uh, what Have You Done With Solange features all the hallmarks of classic Gialli, the amateur detective, the black-gloved killer, as well as a lush score from Ennio Morricone. Mm. So that's all the, uh, the connections, is the spaghetti western, specifically. It's an Italian horror film. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But I think both of you were pretty, pretty close in certain ways. Yeah. A, a female protagonist mm-hmm. uh, there, you know? Yeah. Yep. That was a that was a good round. Yeah. Then on TVD you, we have Extant, the second season. Now, Tom, this is where we try and guess if Jordan has seen Extant this season or the first one or all of it. I'm gonna say first season only. Um, let's see. I don't even know what this is. <laughs> I'll tell you. It's a yeah, Halle yeah, Berry uh, stars in this show. Uh, where I believe in the first season Do you want me, I can, she adopts I can a child. Just... No, I got this. She adopts a child. That's not true. Who well, is an alien. You're giving a little can, bit away can, there. Can I, can, can I just... Please? No, no, no. I like my version. Better. All right. She adopts an alien. She's a part of a crew that goes to oh, right. space. She's an astronaut. <laughs> and they don't understand what happened. She gets back. She has like amnesia or she's lying to everybody about what happened. Yeah. And when she comes back, she's pregnant. Okay. And maybe, she doesn't know why. Maybe I'm pleading the witness here, but can you tell me what happens in like episode 10? <laughs> no, I'm not okay. helping you. I just, uh, that's just the, pre- that's the premise. Okay. Enough. That's what happens in the first episode. No. Objection. Okay. <laughs> Objection. So we at least Overruled. <laughs> Do I want to go higher or lower, though? Um, no whammies, no whammies, no whammies. <laughs> no whammies, yeah. I'm going to say half of season one, so like episode six. I already said mine. All of season one. I only saw the first episode of the first <laughs> season. <laughs> I was closer. Uh, There's just too many things on TV. Mm-hmm. It was interesting. Uh, there was like some really creepy stuff because I, she comes back. I knew and, you'd be into it because and it's they, sci-fi. You're and they have, sci-fi. A, they have a kid, her yeah. and her husband. Yeah. When she's pregnant, when she gets back, uh-huh. they have a kid, but I'm pretty sure the kid is a robot. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was really weird, yeah. and I definitely want to check it out, but I just there was too much on TV at the time. Look, you know? I, I mean, I, I don't d- want to say too much, cut something. season two is literally Aliens versus Robots. I believe it. <laughs> that was the promo I that I saw. It. I haven't even heard of it. 
It was like on Fox, right? CBS. CBS. Oh, that's why. No exactly. one cares about CBS. <laughs> Somehow I know all the TV stations that yes. these shows are Isn't on. Isn't that weird? And I don't. And you never do, but you watch all of them. I watch all of them, but I don't, yeah. don't know what they're on. Well, except for Treehouse Masters. You knew uh, that was an animal, animal planet, planet, of course. Of course. Yeah. Look, Where hey. else would the tree be? Yeah, doesn't everybody know that? Oh, my God. I thought it would be a travel channel, excuse me. Or at least a home oh, garden. That's good. Is that still around? Uh, HGTV? HGTV is yeah. definitely still a thing. Okay. Yeah, because I know because it's always on at my house, whether I want it to be or not. Cable. <laughs> yeah. All right, Tom, where should we go? All right, so if you want to check out any of those, check out your local video store. All right, so uh, Nerds Eye View will be right back with our review of Spotlight. Feeling peckish this midnight? Set your appetite for terror and reserve your ears for a feast of the sound. The Midnight Marinara podcast is here for you, intrepid listeners. We sampled only the finest in sinister stories and, coating them with our own unique spooky sauce, present them to you as eerie audio dramas. Tune in twice monthly as Midnight Marinera sends shivers of fear and spasms of laughter through you. Bon appetit! (laughs) I know there's things you cannot tell me. But I also know there's a story here, and I think everybody will hear about it. Do you think your paper has the resources to take that on? I do. Do you? The Boston priest molested kids in six different parishes over the last 30 years. The church found out about it and did nothing. We haven't committed any long-term investigative resources to the case. No, we haven't. And that's the kind of thing your team would do. Spotlight. Guys, listen. Everybody's going to be interested in this. Obviously, the church will fight us very hard. Trying to get some background information. I don't want you recording this in any way, shape, or form. Nothing. We understand you've settled several cases against the church. I can't discuss that. There aren't any records of any of these settlements. Nope. When you're a poor kid from a poor family, and when a priest pays attention to you, it's a big deal. How do you say no to God? Spotlight. This is the tip line. You think he's got something? I want to keep digging. We need to focus on the institution. Show me that it came from the top down. Don't try to silence anyone who speaks out. You leave me alone, you hear me, goddammit? 6% act out sexually. 6% is 90. 90 priests. If there were 90 of these bastards, people would know. Maybe they do. You're going to give me the names and the names of their victims. Are you threatening me? I was doing my job. Yeah, you and everyone else. I am here because I care. We're going to tell this story. We're going to tell it right. I can't believe I'm hoping we can keep this between us until we all get on the same page. Is that why we're here, to get on the same page? We've got two stories here. A story about degenerate clergy and a story about a bunch of lawyers turning child abuse into a cottage industry. Which story do you want us to write? Because we're writing one of them. I'm not crazy. They control everything. This is not just Boston. It's a whole country. It's a whole world. They knew, and they let it happen. It could have been you. It could have been me. It could have been any of us. Yeah, we're reviewing Spotlight. Uh, It's directed by Tom McCarthy. Uh, written by Josh Singer and Tom McCarthy. Uh, it stars Mark Ruffalo, uh, Michael Keaton, Rachel McAdams, 
and a bunch of other people from Mad Men. Who's that other guy with the mustache? The mustache. Oh, one of the other main dudes. Yeah, he's like he's one of the spotlight team. Which one was he? Is that Walt? Do you not have pictures? I have pictures, but they're so small. Yeah. Yeah. Stanley Tucci's in it. Oh yeah. Uh, Leave Schreiber. Yeah. John Slattery. Uh, Brian Darcy James. Okay. Is the other gentleman in Spotlight? He's in the Spotlight. He's in the Spotlight, and there's a bunch of other people. (laughs) But uh, oh, Billy Curtis. Yes. I really really like Billy Curtis. Now, uh, to give a quick uh, overview of what Spotlight is, Spotlight uh, is named after the uh, the section of the Boston Globe, which is a, a newspaper. And specifically, this uh, film is about when they were investigating uh, the Catholic Church scandal in the... Uh, they did the investigation in the early 2000s, 2001, 2002. Uh, yeah, that's the plot yeah. in a nutshell. Yeah. Uh, and, it's, and it's in Boston, of course. We said, yeah, I said the yeah. Boston Globe. Um, yeah, I uh, I didn't know much about this film except that part. I knew plot wise what it was. I I saw a poster one time. I hadn't seen a trailer, and then I remember hearing the name of the movie a couple times. That was it. Yeah, that's all I had going in. The only thing I knew is like, ooh, this is gonna win Best Picture at the Oscars. Everyone get ready, and that's all I was heard about. And I'm like, why? This subject doesn't sound interesting at all. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Uh. Yeah, and I it's kind of funny uh, that I, I don't think I especially love journalism films, but I kind of this one kind of struck me. I was like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. When I was watching, can this, you like, point oh, wow. out on the doll where it struck you? <laughs> right uh, in the noggin. <laughs> yeah. No, it. Uh, I I like they did a lot of legwork. I like that legwork. Oh yeah, it shows yeah. it shows the the journalistic process, which I think is really interesting. Mm. Yeah, and I liked like the interviews that they did and kind of the way that. Uh, the chain of command they had to answer up to each editor mm-hmm. in the line uh, and that kind of uh, they had a new uh, editor-in-chief who was kind of telling them like from Miami you know hold on to you know hold on to the story we're not going to run it yet we're going to run it this time you know that kind of thing yeah I kind of like that and I I feel like that's kind of also an easy way for this film to do the um, explaining what's going on right where you have someone who's new and so it's like, oh, do you, are you familiar with Spotlight? Oh, let me explain what Spotlight is. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, it's a section of the paper. I get it. Yeah. Like they do, you know, investigative journalism. Mm-hmm. But how are you going to say that in the film unless you have someone who doesn't know what it is? So yeah, it, that's kind of and, an easy way to do that. And I mean, not to, we don't usually talk about specific scenes mm-hmm. at this portion, but uh, I really like the way it couched that because the new the new editor came in, and people are sitting down with him because they're worried they might get fired. Yeah. So our our main editor of Spotlight is kind of saying how they work and what they do i felt i felt like it was organic like oh, it, yeah. it, it didn't it, no i like it didn't hit you over the head of like this is what we do you uh, know what i mean it was good no it's it's a it's a good end to the story right yeah. and i think it actually kind of follows logically because of the there's kind of themes of like the outsider and right you know what you know what goes on inside of a system and that kind of a thing mm-hmm. um i wish it got a little deeper into that but yeah you know what can you say what can you say yeah <laughs> Uh, what do you think, Tom? Um, let's see. Um, as Xander said, I'm not real. I like. I'm like him. I don't really care about uh, journalism moves that much. I pretty much have gone on record before saying all the president's men's basically two guys around a typewriter, and I don't know how that's interesting. And it was kind of hard for me to find any interest in this. On top of that, because mm-hmm. I grew up Catholic, I was an altar server, which with the victims would have been so. I kind of have a very personal relationship with that general idea, so I was not wanting to watch it because 
the same problems I have with Philomena, where it's like, oh, the Catholic Church is bad, blah, blah, blah. I didn't really sit through that. So, watching it, what I tried to not let that get over me, and thankfully it didn't, because just to make clear, I was never molested, so that's not an issue here. I'm kind of coming from the other side. It's like, church is good and all that, and it's just a few bad eggs. And so that was hard to get over, but for what it was, I really enjoyed how it went about uncovering it, and I like that Mark Ruffalo had that same problem that I was having throughout the movie, and coming to terms with what is religion and what is just people being assholes and overall I really liked how it handled everything and even though I feel a few things were on the nose like they're writing out the report and then they're singing what Silent Night I thought that was a little too on the nose but the rest was like pretty good and I feel solid. like that was like a few and far between kind of thing they, yeah. they didn't do that too and much and then there was the other time where the guy's like oh and we're in front of a church too like there's a uh, have you been to Boston? I know, but the whole There's thing, a lot of churches. Yeah, but the whole thing was, oh, I got molested by a priest and we're in front of a church. I think it wasn't even... I think it was less about the fact that they were all of a sudden in front of the church and more about the fact that there was a playground right next to the church. Yeah. I think that was the focus yeah. we were supposed to take from that. I know, but it's still on the nose. Yeah. But I liked it overall. Oh, cool. Uh, I think I, I want to talk about like Boston as a as like a... That's place. what I was like going to bring was, up. Yeah, it's yeah. the city becomes one of the characters. Yeah, because it's the whole idea of this is a town where so many people are Catholic. It's kind of it's, how the city was founded. Yeah, it's like an actual concern for the paper and for other papers. Like, oh, we can't print that. We'll make people mad. And yeah. and they think about it. They do print it, but they think like, yeah, our readers are not going to like. And this. we need to take steps. Like yeah. uh, the editor even says, like. I'll talk to the people on the phones and I'll make sure we have better security. Like, yeah. Because there was picketing the last time they even did a story about this church. Mm-hmm. And they, yeah. uh, they've they more or less buried other stories that were similar. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's the crazy part as you get deeper into this movie. I mean, it's all, I mean, this is all based on a true story. So it's, you know, people who experienced, like who lived through these years probably know. Uh, this was a big deal at the time. I kind of remember. Yeah. Um, sorry, I'm, I'm not... <laughs> I was a youngin. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it was a long time ago. Yeah. We were still in high school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's uh, it's kind of crazy. And and uh, another thing that I think uh, we could talk about now, we don't have to wait till later, is that as as this film, the film was taking place in two thousand one. Mm-hmm. I was just like, oh my god, are they gonna? How are they gonna even touch upon, you know, the whole nine eleven thing? Yeah, uh, I totally forgotten about that oh, yeah. that that this is the time period where the movie was taking place and i was like as soon as he comes into work and someone's sitting in front of the tv i was like oh yeah i was but i was waiting for it because the they had a big calendar behind them the whole movie that says 2001 and i was like oh geez like this is gonna but yeah. it actually i think it worked very organically in the film i think it's it's probably as truthful as it was because it was a big deal for all news organizations so right? it kind of derailed a lot of things yeah um so and it even worked in kind of a story aspect where you get to that point uh, where you you um, you don't know if the story is actually gonna like it's it's part of their journey. It's like oh, is this even gonna actually come through? Yeah, because it yeah. derails everything mm-hmm. at that point. But yeah, it's a uh, okay. Let's talk about the acting. Uh, everyone's doing Boston accents. Yeah, some are better than others. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is Michael Keaton actually from Boston? His was all right. I thought. 
I didn't even notice. He well, it's because he didn't have to mess with his mouth in yeah. order to make those sounds. Well, Mark Ruffalo was doing something to his whole face. Whole face was changing. Don't forget his <laughs> neck and back. Like he didn't change at all from Foxcatcher. It's pretty much the same exact posture. Yeah, I mean he can. I'm just, a little worried about him. He could go straight into Hunchback and Notre Dame at this point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, other than the accents, I think they did pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It was just a little distracting. I wish. I don't know. Mark Ruffalo's was just the most stand. The one that stood out to me the most. Yeah, it was very bad. It, I kept thinking, why is this annoying me so much? It's it's because something like that shouldn't make you notice it. And it's noticeable in every scene. Is it because I noticed Mark Ruffalo's doing an accent or is it just a bad accent? I think it's bad because you're noticing it. Like, you're noticing it. You're not supposed to notice it. Yeah. That's yeah. the whole point. Uh and I kind of like Rachel McAdams didn't really have one because she her character wasn't raised in Boston. Yeah, yeah. So I and these are all based on real people, like, oh, right? Yeah. So yeah. I feel like that she kind of had that out. Yeah. No, thank goodness for her. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, you have a note here, Jordan, that I I think we could talk about about where where's everyone's. Yes. That was, so that was strange, right? That is super weird. Um, you don't have the document in front of you. Uh, where is everyone's significant other? We see. We only see Rachel McAdams' Adam's husband. Is that really her husband? I think it is. Because at first when we met him, I thought maybe it was her brother. Or cousin or something like that. Because they were both taking care of Nana. But then they're together when Nana's not around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's kind of talking to him about... What's uh, going on. Yeah. What's going on. Yeah. And then uh, Mark Ruffalo shows up and he's like, oh, I have a bad day at work. So obviously they all know each other. Hmm. But where... Like, we know one of them's having marital problems. Well, Mark Ruffalo is. Yes. Yeah. We see... We, we see, see glimpses of Mustache Man's wife and his kids. Just so bad we can't remember his real name or actor name. Mustache it's Brian Man. Darcy. Yeah, there you go. Something. Brian Darcy James? Sure. Okay. I thought it was Tom Selleck. Uh, Could have been. Yeah. And then... Uh, well, yeah, we get glimpses of him and his family because that plays into his... Yes, Each of them that's has important like a very, to his story. I feel like they have very unique... Each of them... Oh, yeah, yeah that's one thing that's been really to, good uh-huh. without getting the spoilers... Each of them is affected by this for different reasons and in different ways, and we see that in their personal lives, mm-hmm. and that's cool. But where is Michael Keaton's wife? Yeah, that's... We never once see her the entire film, that's and I don't weird. understand why. The job's his wife, baby. <laughs> yeah, but then then we get that excuse with uh, his lawyer friend, yeah. but then we see his wife. Yeah. At least in one scene. Yeah. I just I just didn't get it. Um it, it it just kind of weirded me out. Like we had to see that other guy's family, but why? I don't know. Yeah. We never saw. Maybe that's what it is. We never saw Michael Keaton's home life no. ever. No, he's only affected in the way that affects like his a personal. Work. Yeah, his golfing buddy. Because because uh, spoiler, there's a spoiler later on. We can get into it in a discussion. Yeah, of why it affects his personal work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But it's just weird. Like. Where's why is no one? I don't know. It, um, just, it just stood out to me. Anyway, what 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 am I talking about? I think it's good, and people should see it. It's been okay. out for a while. Sure. Do, was it was it in smaller release before, or is it just we is haven't it, seen? Is it, it on the thing? Because it's, it's oh six weeks. Yeah, it was in limited weeks. release. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a good film. It's not action packed. It's not. It's a drama. It's a drama, straight up. And if if you enjoy the. Um, journalistic process at all or at least like how news is is reported and done in kind of an old school way because this is Mm pre-internet 
and they they kind of talk about it in a couple scenes about how internet is changing things mm-hmm. but this is this is during a time when this was this was the main way you got your news you know yeah. people got this on sundays and and this is this is what they read mm-hmm. so it's it's really interesting yeah. it's a good film tom your um, thoughts your final thoughts I really like it too. It's definitely better than his last movie, The Cobbler, which I thought I'd see just because it's his worst movie and his best movie, as it were. And you could really see a difference. Like, it doesn't even look like the same filmmakers. Don't see The Cobbler. It's nonsense. It's misguided garbage. And uh, yeah, so I'm very surprised on that front that he was able to get great performance out of the actors. Direction is solid. Even the music was nice and swelling at times. So don't see the cobbler, see Spotlight. Yeah, I'm gonna say Spotlight. I like yeah, it. Yeah, I don't know why I'm talking about that. Don't talk about the cobbler. Yeah, <laughs> just kidding. I don't know why. I just thought, hmm, maybe same I'll... director. This is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Figured I'd do a marathon and then immediately regretted it. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah. Uh, I'll co-sign on uh, Spotlight's good. Yeah. It's a good story. All right. Let's talk about what's coming out new in theaters. And there's this indie film coming out this week, right? All right. Not many people are talking about it. Indiana Jones 5. Oh, sorry. The Lost uh, Ark. No. Okay. But in all seriousness, Star Wars, The Force Awakens, Sisters, Alvin and the Chipmunks, The Road Chip, (laughs) The Lady in the Car with the Glasses and the Gun in limited release, and uh, Extraction in limited release. All right. Before we get to guess the ending, let's give out some thanks starting with silent partner who did our theme song sophomore makeout and we got it from the youtube audio library just go to youtube.com slash audio library for that and more our logo was done by justin Keyson. you can find his writings on agents of guard that's agents of guard.com uh you, if you like podcasts you should also check out shut up leonard which is almost done coming in for a landing there <laughs> it's a podcast that i do with matt benson about the tv show community uh, go check that out, please. Shutupleonard.com. Uh, another podcast that I do with Benson and David King is called Pick Your Path. It's a Choose Your Own Adventure style enhanced podcast where you, the listener, get to make choices as you listen to an original story written by one of uh, the aforementioned three, myself, Benson, or David King. Uh, it's, a, it's a good show. It's, first season is all wrapped up. Second season coming uh, sometime next year. Uh, we look forward to you listening to it. Tom. Yeah. What do you, you do on the internet? Well, I do a few things. First off, I write about pop cultures, movies, TV, film at optograph.org. And uh, right now it's a little bit of a murky season. Not a lot of shows are on. They're taking a break for winter. But usually I talk about Bob's Burgers, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Got to wrap up Fargo this week. And um, also got end of the year best of stuff. So that will be found uh, starting next week and running through the end of the year called List Mania. Check it out on optograph.org. I also write Readwave, but they're shutting down, so unless you hear this in the next week, you're probably not going to be able to find the website. And um, I also do short stories. A few of the recent ones are like, oh, great, The Commoner's Death, and a few more that you can find like on Amazon, Smashwords. They're around 99 cents. There's a few dozen that you can check out off of that, so go for it. Jordan. I do stuff on the Internet. Uh, I do streaming and broadcasting for a little website called GamersAltWeekly.com. You can follow at GA Weekly on Twitter for an updated uh, 
view of all of our uh, editorials and reviews and news, but most importantly of our broadcast schedule over on Twitch, which is twitch.tv backslash Weekly. I handle the Saturday slot, and this weekend I'm doing Just Cause 3. So come by, hang out. Um, I don't know what time, but definitely follow us on Twitter, and you'll, you can find out. And you should check out all the podcasts on the Benview Network. That's benviewnetwork.com. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm going to be on an upcoming episode of Extra Damage. That's the video game podcast. Ooh. Uh, so keep that in mind. Uh, what else? Did I ever mention that I was on an episode of um, Repeat All? No. That is a, 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 a podcast where every episode uh, is all about one album one music album mm-hmm. uh and when i was on i got to choose and i chose uh a gorilla's demon days oh nice i like that album a lot that's a good one uh so that's a that was a fun time uh, uh the host there patrick he's a good guy go check out repeat all uh and our personal website here nvpodcast.com email us nvpodcast at gmail.com and uh you know on twitter at nvpodcast my personal twitter is at podcaster andrew what are you tom i'm at optograb what do you do, Jordan? At True Valk. All right, so now it's time for Guess the Ending. You'll never guess how it ends. Boom. Tom's who's, first. Who's first? Oh, boy. So um, I got to choose Alvin the Chipmunks, The Road Chip. And it's about this. Through a series of misunderstandings, Alvin, Theodore, and Simon come to believe that Dave is going to propose to his new girlfriend in Miami and dump them. They have three days to get to him and stop the proposals, saving themselves not only from losing Dave, but possibly from gaining a terrible stepbrother. Alright, so Dave's on his way to Miami, and you got the three chipmunks on. They're like, oh no, we've been home alone. And they think, oh, we'll take a plane. But then they're home alone on a plane, which is my Home Alone 2 reference. I don't remember that movie that well. But then they get to the airport and they realize that there are rodents in an airport and the security is like, hey, we got rodents in the airport. We need to, I don't know what they do with it, defumigate or something. And so they take him out to a little corner and it's like, what are you doing here? And we're like, we're here to save Dave and stuff. And the security doesn't believe them. So they get all suspicious, sneak out through like a pipe under the table or something. And... Soon they're on their fugitives in Miami looking through stuff. And when they find Dave, they're across the street about to see him and his uh, new um, girlfriend or whatever it is he's doing. And then they think, okay, we're one step there. All we have to do is cross the street and we'll be good. But little do they know, because chipmunks don't have great intellect, that you have to wait for um, the walk sign. And basically what happens is, as they're crossing the street, um, Theodore gets knocked off, and then as he goes, as uh, Simon goes back to rescue Theodore, Theodore gets knocked off. Alvin manages to make it, but now that he's a widow, he gets to live with his terrible stepbrother, and he's all manic depressive, and becomes um, the chipmunk uh, equivalent of an alcoholic. Whoa, that got dark. He's got a real chip on his shoulder. Yep, that's what the road chip is. What did you choose? I I chose the lady in the car with the glasses and a gun. You didn't write yourself down. I had my name there. I think you deleted no. it. Nope, I think you I didn't. didn't like it. I think you didn't like that I had my name there. You decided to get rid of it. All right, I'm going to do the... I'm going to guess the ending for The Lady in the Car with the Glasses and a Gun. Directed by Joan Sfar. 
starring Freya Mavor, Benjamin Biole, Elio Germano, and Stacy Martin. The secretary secretary steals her boss's car to go joyriding. She visits a seaside town she swears she's never been to, but everyone knows her name. And when a body turns up in the trunk of the car, she's the lead suspect in a murder she knows nothing about. Is she going crazy? Wow. I'm going to jump right to the end. I'm going to tell you, this is a, get ready for this, this is a reverse psycho. Right? Really? Yeah. Because if we all recall how Psycho began. So the person in the shower kills the man. Yes. Uh, how Psycho began mm-hmm. was that she steals the money from her boss, right? So this okay. is the secretary who steals the boss's car to go joyriding. But in this case, she is the crazy one. She thinks that she has a sister, but she doesn't really have a sister. And she is the one who, who but it's actually her boss was framing her the whole time with the body in the trunk. But then it's like, how would he know that she was going to steal the car is because as she was pretending to be her own sister, he tricked her into doing that. Don't worry. It all makes sense when you watch it. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm getting that. Uh, and, uh, at the end, um, she actually, uh, in a weird way wins. She gets away, mm. but everyone knows she did it. I everyone see. knows she did it. I she see. drives away from the town. That's how she gets away. She'll, they'll perhaps in a future, in a future time, they'll find her. But for now, she gets to drive away. That's it. That's what I got. Okay. I'm doing Extraction, which is in limited release. It's directed by Stephen C. Miller, starring Bruce Willis, Kellen Lutz, Gina Carrero, Carino, 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 Guevara, Carano, Gina. Carano. Carano. Jesus Christ. Hey, look. How many times were you going to say that until words? You, you finally hit it? Words are tough. Carano? Look. Carano. Carino. 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 Caron? Camaro. Oh. <laughs> Camaro. Yes, Camaro. obviously. Gina Camaro. And D.B. Sweeney. A former CIA operative is kidnapped by a group of terrorists. When his son learns there is no plan for his father to be saved, he launches his own rescue Operation. Whoa. So, uh, little do we know, this is actually the Die Hard movie that should have came out, other than the, that crappy one. What is it? Live Free and Die Hard? Die Hard 4? I die Hard in Russia? A good way yeah. to Russia? Die, a good way know. to Die Hard. A good way to Die Hard in Russia? A good day to Die Hard. A good day to Die Hard in Russia. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that was das a real Vidania. bad movie. Das yeah. uh, that was a real bad movie. Um, but this is the one that we, we wish was there. And uh, we find that out by the end of the film. It's your normal action uh, film uh, where we're not supposed to know that his son is all badass, even though he's uh, 6'4 and he's ripped and he looks hard. He's got a nice beard. I saw the poster for the film. It's pretty smashing. It looks good. He's got a MMA fighter girlfriend and or sister. I don't know. Where we'll find out what happens in the film. I don't know for certain. It's ambiguous, you know? Stuff happens and you're like... Did Michael Bay consult on this? I think he did. Okay, okay. And uh, by the end of the film, you know, there's lots of slow-mo. Jean Wu comes back and consults. Uh, Lots of doves are released during shooting scenes. None of them are shot. It's a miracle. Huh. Yeah. You'd think. Bolts flying everywhere. Yeah. Blood on the feather. Yeah. That's an unreleased Jean Wu film. Oh, okay. Uh, Bad to the bone? Is that what they call it? (laughs) I found a film earlier today. I'm sorry, I'm totally interrupted. No, that's good. Cutter and Bone. What? And it's about two guys. One is named Cutter and one is named Bone. 
And it was, the tagline was like, Bad to the bone? No, a bone. Bone saw? Bone knows who the killer is, and Cutter knows the motive. Like, that's the tagline. That's so dumb. It's so crazy. So dumb. Movies are weird. They're super weird. So but, ha- uh, how, but does, how does the extraction? <laughs> well, they extract them. Oh, okay. I mean, duh. It's in, the, it's in the title of the film. They're not going to extract a dead body. Come on now. Come on now. Tom, did you think that was a, this was a sequel to Extract? Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. Makes sense. <laughs> All right, so now we can end the guessing. Yay. Uh, and, and that about wraps us up. Uh, if you stick around uh, for a little bit, you'll get, you'll get our discussion section. I think it's a little shorter than usual, but uh, yeah, it's actually the shortest our discussion section it's, has it's, ever been. It's more about you know the philosophy behind uh, what goes on in the film. We we'll put on our hats and what know. we what we really <laughs> think the film is about and how that's a good thing. Yeah, uh, but anyway, next week, you know, are we going to do Star Wars next week? I think we don't have a choice. <laughs> I mean, I know, I know. Look it, I'm going to let the listeners in on a little secret. Andrew likes to go against the grain. Oh yeah. We uh, every week we have a discussion about what we're going to see, sometimes off air, and you're always like, "No, everyone's going to be doing that. We should do something else." Yeah, uh, I'm down for an extraction. Probably going to see that anyway. <laughs> Definitely going to watch Sisters because that looks like some dumb fun. Okay, uh, but I Is think that, we should review Star Wars. I had that Tina Fey's associated with dumb fun now. <laughs> I don't mind dumb fun. Yeah, but she's a smart fun. She's super smart, but she can. She's smart enough that she can be dumb when she wants to. Uh, that's the problem. <laughs> anyway, what I can promise you is that if you do come back next week and we do have a review of Star Wars The Force Awakens, Benson will be here. Oh, he's going to be here. Benson will be Whether, here. Let me just forego the rest of the show and just all, it might just be an hour and a half of all Star Wars all the time. Uh, that's, that's a thing that might happen. I'm not going to lie. Hey, I'm fine to just break the mold. <laughs> And we can just do that. And it's the film is too big. Benson has made it very clear that whether we want him there or not, he's going to be there. Yeah, like we're going to lock all the doors, but he's still going to find well, a way. He's in. also taking like an entire day out of his life. Oh, have we to talked do that about marathon. that? He's, no, I, he'll talk about it when he's on. Oh man, he's, he's Benson's going to do the in the film theater movie marathon. He's a braver man than I, which is insane. He's an insane person. Yes, he is. Anyway, God bless uh, him. until next week, this has been Nerds Eye View, episode 253. I'm Andrew. I'm Tom. And I'm Jordan. Remember, listeners, if a suited dude comes up to you and says, hey, can I put this on record? You might want to consult your lawyer first. Yeah. Does it sound weird? I am on. You haven't been hearing my jokes. <clears throat> sure. I'm good with the soda. I live off sugar. I'm like a tree. A hummingbird. Yeah, there you go. That's a better, better one. Let's get to that discussion. Let's talk about... You didn't want to talk about it earlier, but the... Uh, so we find out that the... Uh, Robbie is what they call him. Rob? Robbie? Robinson is his last name. Don't they call him Robbie? Michael uh, Walter character. Robbie Robinson. Yeah. Uh, so Robbie uh, finds out that when he worked in Metro, uh, he was one of the people that kind of buried the story. 
that he was given information. He was given names. Names. A list of names and of priests. Like he even says that he could have the excuse of like he was new and he, you know, he didn't know any better. I mean, he kind of said he didn't remember. Yeah, he didn't even remember what happened. Uh-huh. But he knew that he was new because of the time period. Yeah. Like what time what the year was or whatever. Because he was the editor um, of that of uh, Metro. His name was on it. Yeah. Yeah. And he saw his own name when, when the clip came. Yeah, out. that was kind of a thing that kept recurring where different characters, side characters, when they were investigating it, they would tell them, look, we sent you stuff five years ago, ten years ago. Yeah, you know, and you did nothing. And you did nothing. And so they're like, no, what? Who'd you send it to? And they're, they're always kind of dodgy. But you kind of figure, like, they sent it to the highest you know, person and, and I, nothing I, got done. I feel like that's one of the themes of the film is um, there's a line that came, jeez, it was... Uh, could have been about halfway. I know it was in the first half, but um, it was something along the lines of uh, if it takes a village, a village mm-hmm. to raise a child, it takes a, a village to abuse it, mm-hmm. and that that definitely comes into play. It feels like, but the 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 story of the film is almost like if something bad is happening, everyone is a part of it. Well, yeah, that's, everyone that comes up a couple of role. times where they also as they're asking a lot of questions, the people that they ask the questions of seem to know exactly why they're asking those questions. Mm-hmm. And then I think like Michael Keaton says, "How is it everyone knows what we're asking about, but except us?" Yeah. Um, and then even it's just a that's a really great through line throughout the entire film where you kind of you see that the, it was a cover up. Uh, it was it was definitely a, a scandal that the church was trying to hide. Yeah, I mean, they had a, a facility where they treatment centers. They called them. Yeah, where they would put uh, these these priests who had abused children and, and they, they rehabilitate they, them. It's like they laid. I mean, I would I would almost say like yeah maybe, but then we see a treatment center and it's just a house on a street. Yeah, where peds, where dudes are living. Yep, like it's. No, they're not being treated. They're laying low. Well, and they're kind of for they're, stuff they're to just, die down. And they're just keeping they keeping track of them. Yeah, more or less. It's and getting them. It almost seems like they're just like getting them away from their victims. Yeah, that's all it feels like. Mm-hmm. Just <sighs> shuffle it around. No one will notice. That's the kind of way that they they were working. It was wow. that was bad stuff. Uh, but yeah, I think you know. You, you, I mean. I sometimes worry with films like this where it's like, how fair are they being to, you know, both sides or whatever, but they don't even have to say that much. No. Uh, it's kind of what, what isn't being said that kind of comes through. Right. Yeah. Yep. That's all I got. Yeah. Was I mean, there um, There's nothing really to spoil. I mean, this is this is I mean, based on true events. So you could look up the actual. Yeah, you truth. can look it up. Yeah. All these people are playing characters based on real people. Uh, I don't feel like there's anything to really spoil here. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just it's a the film does a good job of making what might seem like a, a tiring and and. Um, backbreaking process seem entertaining and interesting mm-hmm. yeah and uh having taken uh t- a journalism class i've only taken one like i can see the through lines of stuff i learned in that class mm-hmm. to what these people do every day mm-hmm. and it's just incredible uh the amount of work it took to do what they did and how into it they were and how it affected them all in different ways like it changed these people's lives mm-hmm over the course of this investigation. And, um, like, I'd never actually seen investigative journalism mm-hmm. displayed like this before. So if, if you're interested, 
Because right now, I don't know, I think this would be a good thing for people around our age or younger to see. Mm-hmm. Um, it might not be, you know, the blockbuster you're used to. It's not going to be Avengers. It's not going to be Star Wars. I know that's coming out next week. But, like, this is a different time. This is not just tmz or buzzfeed just posting on facebook yeah, something kinda, that just happened this it's is really crazy how this was not that long ago and it, it it's all entirely different how people got their news yeah, yeah. it's it, and they they i think they did a really good job of keeping like cell phones period mm-hmm. like they all had flip phones yep um and it wasn't even like everyone it was just uh the people who needed them. the people who really needed them uh it was you know people still read the paper people you know depending on like the sunday edition mm-hmm uh, the online stuff, like they had to have a discussion at one point at the end. They're like, oh, we'll put a URL at the bottom of the article. <laughs> it's like, and that's, that's what you did then. That was like, that's how we do it? Like yeah. they didn't know, like that wasn't like a standard there wasn't, thing. There wasn't an online version of their newspaper? Yeah. Like, there well, they said they could, put, they could put more things online, but they didn't want to have an online. It was that's like, not where they were going to publish a story. Yeah, no. They were going to put additional documents online. Yeah. Crazy. So that way people could go and see them. Yeah. Which yeah. is a good tie. Like that is very smart for a newspaper to do at the time. Mm-hmm. That's very forward thinking. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I don't think people realize anymore what goes into the news. Yeah. Because the news that most people get now, is like very it's sad. Under, undersourced. I get, I get more information about what's happening in the world from Twitter. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's because this form of journalism takes so long. Mm-hmm. But I mean, look at... I hate to call it rewards, but look at the change they made. Yeah. Look at the amount of... That work had a meaningful impact on their world and their city. And we don't see that anymore. Well, I kinda, mean, we do, but it's not in the limelight. It's not, yeah. it's not something we talk about all the time. It's, it's, the work that they did was backed up by evidence. Lots right. and lots of evidence and testimony. And nowadays... Like, it's just a video that shows up on the internet. What's, it's and it's someone talking about it. a poorly shot video or it's you in, know, somebody heard from somebody else that someone else is going to do something else. Like, yeah. Rumors of rumors, rumors and of rumors. and bullcrap. Yeah. So it's, it's really... I think it's satisfying to see work like this done and for it to come to fruition in such a way. Yeah. yeah. Like this is a story that I think was well, well told and well worth telling. Yes. That's when you have a true story, it's always like, ah, do we really have to make a movie out of this? And it's like, you know what? It actually, the way that they, they focus on each of the characters, the way that they show the personal changes, the way that they show, you know, how, how Boston is. Yeah. Uh, and, and was, and maybe still is, who knows? Uh, it, well, it's different it now. Now, a, now it's like the town. Oh, sure. Yeah, it's just <laughs> like bank robbers. Yep, yeah. heavy accents. If you want the Boston trilogy, you got Black Mass, Spotlight, and, and the, the town. town. Yeah, <laughs> that's the Boston Boston tr- trilogy. Oh my goodness! <laughs> but I'm uh, tapping out. But no, it's strangely it's strangely prescient. Like, yeah. I think people should see this movie simply for the way it depicts how news used to work and how it should still work. Like, we should still have people doing this, and I know that people are still doing it, but they're not. They're not in the focus anymore. Yeah. It's online sources. It's just quick, lightning fast responses to things and, and videos on the internet. And this is incredibly interesting. And people, people should be reminded of what investigative evidence-based journalism yeah. is about. So. so, yeah. I'm pretty much with you on all that. I like how it makes heroes out of them for being patient and true. And as I mentioned in the other half, I had a bias going in that I was not going to enjoy because it either be boring or a little offensive to me. Sure, it dealt with subject matter that I wasn't quite fond of, but I think that they I think that's it. A, I think that's important, too, though. Yeah. It's subject matter that you're uncomfortable with, but you still enjoyed the film. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Like, I pr- appreciate that it wasn't just, uh, screw the church, they're idiots and all that. Like, I feel like there was a certain... 
balance to it, and I mm-hmm. like that even the reporters who were like trying to put it down were also a little bit conflicted about their own feelings about it. Like, right. It I enjoyed them. the diversity within the characters, and I feel like this could have just been easily slapdash. Here's what happened thing, and I was not wanting to see that because I feel it's cheap and mm-hmm. takes away from a far more interesting story, but. Somehow I think it works really effectively here. It makes heroes of all the characters. I'm not quite on board with Mark Ruffalo having a weird accent. Yeah. But otherwise, I thought the cast and acting was pretty good. Yeah, I think I think that really tells of how good the film is that our biggest complaint is someone doing a bad accent. Yeah. Yeah. Not even bad accent. I mean, it's just super noticeable. You can't, yeah. you can't unsee his weird face that he makes when he's trying to do the accent. You yeah. just can't unsee it. Um but yeah. it's a good film. Definitely go see it. Yeah. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.